Hello and welcome to another episode of Stop the Clock. Uh, we're your hosts, as always, Sam Fermanek and Judo Kanyas. And it is the offseason. J. Cole prepared us, but not well enough because, oh my goodness, it has been an absolute whirlwind. Uh, we're sorry we're getting this out late. A lot of offseason moves. Maybe it's probably a good thing we did because obviously more moves has happened uh, since when we would have done this podcast. So we're just going to kind of get into so far sort of our offseason winners and offseason losers. So teams that have made good signings, have been able to re-sign some of their players, made some good trades, really built their team up heading into the draft and next season. Uh, so Jude, how about, how about we just start off? Let's, let's talk about your, uh, your off season winners. And this is so far. So like, yeah, I want to so preface far. this, especially when I talk about my losers, exactly. like they could still make moves down the line that could get them better. But and we'll get so into far. that. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat, but I, I do want to start with, I think this gotta be the biggest winner. Um, if not a top three winner, and that's the, that's the chargers. Um, I think the Chargers, and you know, I think maybe not in this podcast, but another podcast, me and Sam are oh. definitely going to go in depth about just the whole entire AFC West. So I'm not going to, you know, talk about the big picture, but the Chargers, man, what, what they saw the first week, they knew they had to, to make some moves, especially with Denver gaining Russell Wilson and obviously the Chiefs being the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, the Raiders making a move for Devontae Adams. So I, I think what the Chargers did was huge. I mean, they got JC Jackson, who's a lockdown corner. I mean, he's, he's a guy that you could say, and Sam likes to say, you know, he, he takes one side of the field off, off the equation. I mean, he really does with his lockdown ability. Um, and then I'll just talk about the other guy, Khalil Mack. Um, not only, and we talked about him in the other podcast, not only is he a great pass rusher, but he's going to be really helpful in the run. And I think another guy like Joseph Day that they got from the Rams, um, an interior defensive tackle, bef- between weeks one and seven, before his injury, he actually had a run stop rate of 15.7%, which was highest among all interior defensive linemen. So... Obviously, maybe it would have not carried on through the full season, but that, that's a positive right through seven weeks um, of football being one of the best run stoppers, and that's what they really needed. I mean, that's, that, that's what we really saw with the Chargers. I mean, like, they have these prime years with Herbert, and they're taking advantage of it, and that's why I have them as my biggest winner because you're, you're, you're getting guys around Herbert to give him a Super Bowl team, and especially before you're going to go have to pay him $50 million, you have him on your rookie deal. This is the perfect time. And they also brought back Mike Williams, um, you know, one of their best receivers, if not the best. Yeah, no, I think you definitely hit on all those points. I mean, the Chargers have had a whale of an offseason. Uh, I'm just going to sort of take it down my list. So I have, for my offseason winners, I got the Chargers, I have the Jets, the Broncos, mm. the Bills, and the Bengals as my five biggest offseason winners. There's a couple of few teams you could put in there, but those are the five that I'm choosing. The Chargers, for all the reasons you just mentioned. Uh, I really like what the Jets have been doing. They signed Lake and Tomlinson, who I think is one of the more underrated uh, free agency signings. He played for Robert Sala in that Kyle Shanahan offense in San Francisco. He finally gets one of his guys uh, to come play for him with the Jets. They were able to get CJ Uzama, who's a really key leader for what's a young offense there. Uh, and then I really like them re-signing Braxton Berrios. And you can't forget they brought back Joe Flacco. You know, I, Oh, I, of I course, think. yes. Got to throw that in too. And then the Broncos, I mean, obviously, they got Russell Wilson. They solved their quarterback position. They also were able to get some nice defensive line signings uh, with your favorite player, Randy Gregory and DJ Jones. Uh, the Bills, I mean, I think before the offseason, they were already the Super Bowl favorite. So they just went out and luxuriously spent hundred or $120 million to go get Vaughn Miller to bolster that pass rush. They got Roger Stafford, OJ Howard, and Jamison Crowder could be nice compliments for that Bills offense. Uh, and the funny thing, I think this is, this with, with the Vaughn Miller signing, and a lot of people are like, okay, like he, he's not, 
going to give you those 13, 14 sack seasons that he has in the past. He's getting older. Why would you give him this big deal? And that's fine. He probably won't have double-digit sacks this season. But when you get to the playoffs, when you get to those big games, it's going to happen. Von Miller is, has the most sacks in, of any player ever to play in the Super Bowl. He yeah. does it in the playoffs. He did it in the NFC Championship game. In the Super Bowl, he had two sacks. So he's going to get those clutch crunch time sacks, which is something that the Bills definitely needed on defense. Uh, and then the Bengals, speaking of being able to protect and not protect, they have revamped their offensive line very well. They got Alex Kappa to kick off free agency. And then as the Cowboys released Lael Collins, they snagged him up. I thought my Broncos were going to get him. They didn't. He went to Cincinnati. He, as he just said in his press conference, is Joe Burrow's newest bodyguard. And, and I, I got to give him his props on that. He definitely is going to be their bodyguard in Cincinnati. And, and I think Cincinnati did all the right things in this offseason. Obviously, they have more to do. But um, another guy that they brought back is, well, not only the great corner in Eli Apple, but they, they brought back Jesse Bates. And, and that's, a, that's a big guy. Obviously, Absolutely. you know, he's, he's, he didn't have a remarkable playoffs, but he's definitely one of the best safeties um, that you can look at in the league. And, and, and bringing back a guy like that in the secondary where you have – playmakers but Jesse Bates is that true playmaker on the defense being able to bring back a guy like that especially for the secondary is huge like you mentioned I mean this Cincinnati Bengals team the whole talk we even talked about it uh, for a good solid time is I mean they they had no chance because their offensive line was bad and to go out and get a guy like Leo Collins Alex Kappa and even the the Patriots center uh, Ted Crass I think that's how you say his name um, guys like that to bring in and protect Joe Burrow. I mean, that's, that's huge. Cause we know what this, the offense is capable of. I mean, we, we saw with Joe Burrow, I think he got sacked 71 times, which is the most in Super Bowl era. Um, to, it, get a good offense. And they got Hayden Hurst, you know, to, to replace yeah. CJ Uzama. So I will say one, two, two other winners, um, just to keep it brief. I think the bucks is another winner we have to look at. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because, I don't know how Tom Brady's coming back for his 23rd year. I mean, I personally didn't believe he was going to come back. He came back, but I think it wasn't only that Tom Brady came back. They were able to keep Goodwin. Um, They were able, I mean, Godwin, they were able to keep Jensen, which was huge. I I think Jensen had a hot market and to bring him back was, was definitely big. Also Carlton Davis. And then they added Logan Ryan, who, you know, maybe he's not as good as Whitehead, but you know, still good replacement. They brought, they brought in Shaq Mason in a trade. I think he's an upgrade from Alex Kappa. Honestly, he's, he's great. He was great in new England. And then Russell Gage, who I think kind of fits what the Antonio Brown role was for, um, for, for the bucks. But and I, I found something interesting. He actually had more yards per route um, in each of the past two years. than can you guess who Sam, can you guess who he had more yards uh, per route in the past two years? Then Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk just got paid $21 million. They just got a guy for two times less the money than the Jaguars paid for Christian Kirk. So I, I say that's a steal with Russell, Russell Gates. Yeah, no, I definitely debated with putting the, uh, the bucks on there. I mean, just getting Tom Brady back alone was enough to put them there. I just, and you did say that they got Ryan Jensen back and that was huge, but they did lose some key pieces. Ali Marpet, who's mm-hmm. at the top of his game. He retired. They lost Alex Kappa. So I just, that offensive line is not as good as it used to be. And Leonard Fournette is still not back with the team. Yeah. And he's a key part. So that's why I refrained from, from putting them on my list. And um, before we go further, I do want to add, I know, I know we are only doing teams or, you know, maybe, maybe you had a few players and losers, but I do want to say the biggest winner and a guy that 
I think both of us have been preaching for the, for the past few years is Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson yes. is arguably the biggest winner of any of the players that went anywhere. Obviously, you have all these great players that went to teams. We mentioned J.C. Jackson and all that. But Allen Robinson, right, he only had 66 targets in 2021, um, which is abysmal for a, a guy his pedigree. And he finally gets to go to a team with a, a – a, a star quarterback in Matthew Stafford just wants to Bowl. In fact, he just got himself a contract extension. Um, I see it as a huge win for Allen Robinson. Yeah. Finally, now, now the thing is, he's got to perform, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's been all this talk of, I mean, when he's when he's given the targets and when he's been given the ability, uh, he's he's shined, and I expect him to do that in LA. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, especially with him not being like the center of attention on that offense. Exactly. All the attention is going to go to Cooper Cup. He's going to like get a lot of one-on-one opportunities. Exactly. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, all right. Now I, I want to talk about some losers this offseason. I'm going to list them out real quick. Uh, I got the Bears, the Falcons, the Patriots, and your Cowboys are on my list as well. Respect. Um, let me Let me just start. The Bears, I'm going to keep it brief. They just really haven't done anything to build around Justin Fields. Like they literally lost Allen Robinson, as we just said. Uh, the Patriots as well, they've made zero like moves to really get better in an AFC that's just exploded this year in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons, this is one that I really want to talk about because I know you're probably going to talk about the Cowboys. So I got the Falcons, maybe not, I don't know. But they lost out on Deshaun Watson, which was huge because like that was Deshaun Watson's hometown team. I personally thought he was actually going to end up in Atlanta. Uh, and then the report came out after they'd lost out on him saying that they probably would have gotten Leonard Fournette and Jarvis Landry, some high profile free agents to come there too. So to cap it all off, of course, they started the offseason by finding out that their star receiver, Calvin Ridley was suspended for an entire year. They lost Russell Gage. And now they just traded away Matt Ryan, their franchise quarterback for 14 years for a third round pick. And yes, they, they re-signed Marcus Mariota or not re-signed, but they signed Marcus Mariota and I'm all for giving Mariota a chance. I really believe he deserves it, but I really thought they're going into this draft with the eighth overall pick. They're in a prime position to get the best receiver in this class where whoever they deem that to be, whether it's Wilson or London. And now it's like, okay, do you stick with Marcus Mariota as your quarterback or are you kind of forced into taking a quarterback in a kind of weaker quarterback class. If I'm the Falcons, I stick with Marcus Mariota. I do not draft a guy. I go get yourself a receiver. Because look, if the Marcus Mariota experiment works out, look at this. Great. You've got your guy. If it doesn't, though, you're in a division with the Bucks that you're not going to win. You'll probably have a really bad season. And guess what? CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are headliners for that quarterback class next year. You can get one of those guys in the top 10. So they're in full rebuild mode. I just, it has not been a productive offseason for them so far. Yeah, I, I think you said it perfectly with Atlanta. And I, I didn't actually have them up in my losers, but w- all your points actually made sense of why they're losers. I mean, obviously losing out on the Watson sweepstakes was number one. And then obviously, I mean, Ridley came before, but that, that was yeah. obviously the Watson losing out and then the Ridley um, and, and just everything that's happened. So it's been a rough start for Arthur Smith, to say the least, in Atlanta. Um, I'm with you. I would stick with Merida. I, I don't think, especially in, in, in this type of quarterback class where, honestly, I can't really point at a guy say he's the number one quarterback in this class. Um, I really just wouldn't yeah. pick it or Will, Willis. Willis. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, and that's even that we're even still questioning that when it's only, exactly, you know, yeah. probably a month away from the draft. 
I, I agree with you. You got to go receiver. Um, there's a lot of talent out receiver. Drake London, Williams, if, if he can, Williamson, if he can recover from his injury, just plenty of talent. Um, but I, I will kick it over the Cowboys because I, I do have them as their losers. And like you prefaced uh, before this, these teams could still turn around. Now, Atlanta, oh, absolutely. not so much. I, I think the Cowboys, they could turn it around somewhat. I, and I, and I want to <laughs> say with – that's why I put them as my losers because I, I truly believe the Cowboys and, and we talked about it right when, you know, Cooper got traded. And I was like, okay, this could either go one of two ways. The Cowboys really be smart and they utilize the cap space that they're getting with, you know, the $16 million and then releasing Leo. They got a few more, a little bit more money restructuring Dak and, and all these restructuring gain more money um, available. If they were able to use that money, um, I'd have looked at it as a big success, but Absolutely. we saw it through the first week. It was, very rough. I mean, they missed out on the Von Miller, um, missed out on a lot of guys to get, and they, they really didn't sign anyone. I like the James Washington signing. I like the Dante Fowler signing. Both I personally see as more of depth. I, I think Dante Fowler, I think James, I think James, James Washington. Washington. I know. I think James Washington will have a bigger role, but I, I think like a guy like Dante Fowler. But I will say um, there is a chance for this Cowboys team to, you know, turn it back. And I know you want to talk about a few free agents. I think Tyron Matthew, Bobby Wagner, Zadarius Smith are three guys that I look at and say, obviously, Zadarius Smith might be a Viking. But if you can get two of those three guys and, and get this, this, this defense, you know, it's still a good defense, right? They just got cursed back, which I'm, I'm super pleased that we were able to get cursed back, honestly, fleeced them, but um, that we got him back. And I just see it as a loss because this front office never takes advantage of free agency and take advantage. In, in this, this free agency class, we looked at and says, man, this was a stacked free agency. Obviously, I wasn't expecting us to get JC Jackson. That was a dream. But looking at it and, and not taking advantage of any of it at all, you, you got to put it as a loss. And especially for the front office and, and the whole Randy Gregory situation to mess that up. And, you know, within the minute, in the matter of like seconds to instantly change his mind and then go to the Broncos. Um, it, it, you can't say anything but a loss for the Cowboys this offseason. Yeah. It's just, I don't, they just really haven't improved as a team. Yeah. I mean, they lost Amari Cooper. They lost Randy Gregory. They weren't able, I mean, we kind of expected it, but they weren't able to keep Lyle Collins this team hasn't improved at pass rush. They haven't really improved anywhere. And to your point, and you'll, you'll notice this when we talk about the remaining free agents, I have a top destination for a lot of them, the ones you just mentioned, as Dallas. Dallas can absolutely still turn this around. It's just, this has kind of been the theme with the Cowboys. And, it's and been the trend. They just don't spend, they just don't have good free agencies. And to their credit, they are, I think the Cowboys are one of the best teams at drafting in the NFL. I mean, they the hit team. after hit after hit. <laughs> best I mean, team. <clears throat> like Dak, Zeke, CD, uh, Trayvon Diggs, Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup, Micah Parsons, Jadovia Wuzia, Chido- uh, yeah, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, Byron Jones, um, shoot, I'm sorry, Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory. Like these are all players that the Cowboys drafted and were able to build up, and I, I, I still have confidence they can do that in this year's draft. I just think that's only going to get you so far. That'll exactly. get you the division. That'll get you a home playoff game it won't get you to that next level that the Cowboys have been trying to get for for so many years. So I think you, you got to make a run at a guy like Tyron Matthew or a guy like Zadarius Smith, maybe Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, and, and just to finish on that note, it, I, I think that's the problem with the Cowboys is they think they're – and like you said, they're a great drafting team, and I, I think they're one of the best. But you, you, you're at this point where you have all these guys in these prime years right now. you got Dak in, in, in his stretch that he, he's, he's a, elite. 
whatever you want to say. No, no, he's an elite quarterback. He's elite in this yeah. category. You got a really good receiving core. Obviously, you lost Coop. You have a good defense. You have DQ. You have Kellen Moore, who can get me mad sometimes, but he, he's still a good <laughs> offensive coordinator. But you have these years, and it's like they expect that only the draft can help you build. You have to get guys who are already proven to make the, the Super Bowl push. And that's, to me, you can't wait for years of development. Yeah, maybe you get lucky like a guy with Micah Parsons, but that doesn't happen every draft. And, and so for you to be able to even compete, you have to go out and guys, get guys with experience. You can't be, while the players turn out great, you can't wait those three, four years anymore. Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at the last three Super Bowl winners. Those teams were headlined by some big offseason, not draft, but I mean, I guess the draft's part of the offseason, but big free agent or trade acquisitions. I mean, you look yep. at, the Rams, they had a crap ton. Matthew Stafford, Von Miller were the two big ones. You look at the Bucks, Tom Brady. You look at the Chiefs the year before that, Tyron Matthew was a big free agency signing for them. So they just, they just need to make that extra push, and they can still absolutely turn it around. And, and so one last loser I'll go, and then we'll kind of segue into our section uh, moving on. But I think Baker Mayfield is also a loser. And, and I, I like to do That's, players because, you know, I, I think he's a, a top loser, um, if anything. Absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously – it was known that Baker's years or, or even days were limited in, in the Browns. I thought maybe they were going to give him one more year at least. It um, looked like it, yeah. Exactly. But after the, the Watson trade and then everything that happened after the Watson trade, Matt Ryan to the Colts, which we just saw. Jameis stays with the Saints. Merida to Atlanta. The destinations are getting smaller and smaller for where Baker can land. I mean, I, I can really only think of a few places. I mean, the Panthers is probably the one team I could truly think of. Maybe the, the Seahawks. Maybe the Seahawks. Yeah. You know, maybe they want to be bad, so they'll, they'll stick with Drew Locke. No offense. Um, nah, I'll, I'll give Drew Locke too much hate. Go ahead. Go <laughs> but ahead. I, I just think he's such a big loser because – that came off wrong. Loser this offseason. No, loser this I mean, offseason because, I mean, you know, his play just didn't – you know, it didn't mean anything this year. And then they get Watson and it's like, and then all these other teams get quarterbacks. It's like, okay, where am I going to go? And most he said, likely, I want to go to the Colts. And then they exactly, immediately they get Matt Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> so. so it's, you know, it's an interesting time for Baker. Now the real question is, is he even going to be a starter, right? It, it, going into next season. I mean, that's going to be the question. Maybe there's a team has a quarterback problem or something. I don't know. It, it, to me right now, I would say no, he, he won't be a starter in week one. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that's the crazy thing is, like, you, you, I feel like there's still a, a, quite a few options out there, maybe not elite options at all, but, like, the quarterbacks, it's dried up. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of teams that are looking to get a guy. Like, and th this is where I'm a little concerned for Jimmy G because his yeah. market is gone right now, especially with the Colts getting Matt Ryan. What are the quarterback needy teams? Maybe the Texans, if they don't want to stick with Davis Mills. You got maybe the Falcons, maybe the Seahawks. Like, a lot of guys either have their guy or are in the process of evaluating and developing their younger rookie, whether that be like the Jags or the Bears or the Jets with yeah. their guys. So it's it's rough to be a I think I think next right? year next year it's gonna open up a lot, especially if some of the rookies from last year don't pan out. Maybe if Tua doesn't pan out, of course Seahawks next yeah. like but and you, you look at all the quarterbacks while there's not like a a top tier class. There's still a lot of guys coming out at the quarterback position. So it's the quarterback market is absolutely drying up very quick. Um, but let's, let's sort of segue and, and move into some of the top remaining free agents. If you want to, I mean, there's some key ones. There's some, I think the number one free agent on everyone's or on a lot of people's list is still unsigned. And that's Teron Armstead, the tackle from the saints. So he could still re-sign with the saints. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that, but two other spots, 
that he could definitely sign with the Dolphins. They have a need. Personally, I'd love to see him go to Chicago to protect uh, the blind side of Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I think Teron Armstead. And then another guy is Tyron Matthew. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of shocked he's not signed at this point um, just because of the elite level play that he, he's, he's had for most of the season. I mean, he has 13 interceptions over the last three years. I have years. a theory on that, um, why he's not signed. I, well, I well, actually, go ahead. Let's hear this theory. I think he was honestly waiting for the, um, the Marcus Williams deal. That was the other hot safety yeah. on the market. Um, I'm sure he believes, and I believe too, that Tyron's a much better safety than Marcus Williams. And I think Marcus Williams was a great signing for the Ravens. However, that was the spot that I thought Tyron would go. Um, but again, the two potential teams that I look at for Tyron Matthew, uh, it's the Cowboys, as we mentioned. And then I think the Eagles as well. They're working with a lot of cap space. I could see him there. I know it's not going to please you too much, but I mean, maybe looking for an NFC East team for Tyron Matthew. Yeah, um, I think I think another guy is, is Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, okay. obviously he he was he he was cut or was he was released by the Browns, um, if I'm correct. And Jarvis Landry is still a very serviceable receiver. I mean, by any means, I, I'd say he's a pretty good receiver. He's going to be 29 entering the 2022 season. There's a lot of teams that we look at, and you know, they have great quarterbacks and they have all this, but. You know, they still need maybe not a verse number one receiver because I don't think Jarvis is a number one, Crafty but slot type a guy. good number two and a, a guy that can play really well in the slot. Yeah, and I wanna I wanna talk about his his LSU buddy in OBJ. Yeah. Because I mean he's coming off the ACL, he re- revived his career in Los Angeles, and especially with Robert Woods being shipped off to Tennessee, uh, he could definitely re-sign with the Rams. I think that's what I expect him to do. However, this is going to be my bold prediction, Your bold prediction for OBJ, and it's not just for OBJ. The, the LSU boys, they, they reunited in the NFL. They were both in Cleveland. However, Baker Mayfield was their quarterback, and it did not work out for them. There is a team right now that is in desperate need of receivers for their MVP quarterback, and that's the Green Bay Packers. My bold prediction is that OBJ and Jarvis Landry – are going to link back up in Lambo and run it with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That's I could I could very well see that happening. Um, to me, I don't think OBJ is going to go back to the Rams after, especially they just you know got Allen Robinson. I don't see OBJ wanting to be kind of the third option. Um, and you know, obviously, we'll see what happens with the ACL if he comes back fully healthy. Um, a, a, another guy, and we'll, we'll just finish it off, is, is Bobby Wagner. Um, obviously, he didn't have a great season last year, um, playing through injury and stuff like that, and still a hell of a middle linebacker, if you ask me. And, and I, I think any team that's currently looking for – obviously, you can't expect the pure athleticism that Bobby Wagner provided in his you know, more prime years, but a guy that Mental. knows the game really well. Um, he, he's still in top-tier physical shape. Um, and you pair him with a guy like Michael Parsons, man, that, that'd be dangerous. I mean, I'm not trying to show bias, but if you, if you could, you can't expect him to go and do everything, but if you can put him in the middle of the field, you give some guys, good guys around him um, in that linebacking room and that defensive line, he can cause havoc. I mean, we've seen what Bobby Wagner has done when he has elite players around him. You know, I, he, he's, he's a beast. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, teams that I can predict him going to, I think either the LA teams could be good fits. I mean, we know the Chargers are out there making big moves. I could see yep. him coming in, helping Kenneth Murray develop a little more. Uh, and then the Rams. I mean, the big thing with the Rams, part of the reason they were able to extend Matthew Stafford that much and also sign Allen Robinson is they were setting aside a lot of cap or a lot of money to be able to re-sign Vaughn Miller 
that of course did not happen. So they definitely have some money to play with. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Bobby Wagner uh, staying in the NFC West. Um, one more top tier free agent. I do want to wrap us up on um, at least for free agents is Stefan Gilmore. Mm. I'm a little nervous right now because there's a lot of, a lot of things saying he could go to the Raiders, which I just bro, We don't need any more people like yeah. in the AFC West. Stop. <laughs> Enough. I would love to see my Broncos maybe make a run at him. I mean, pairing him with Pat Sertan, I mean, that would be, that would be very nice considering we have to go up against uh, Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Pat Sertan can't guard everyone. Even that's a, a brutal assignment for him on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the Cowboys maybe as an option for Stephon Gilmore, maybe pair him with uh, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about one more thing uh, before we wrap it up. Obviously we're talking about free agents, um, but the quarterback carousel has been quite interesting. Now, now we've already, mm-hmm. we've already talked about the big names. Um, there's plenty of other quarterbacks that's been on move. So I'll, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I'll, I'll say the player and where he went and then you just give me a quick taste. So what about Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I really like it. I think it fits what they're trying to do in Indianapolis. They're not expecting Matt Ryan to go out and throw for 4,000 yards, but it's a former MVP who's been there and knows how to do it. I think actually, despite the Colts not making that many moves, I think what they've done is smart. They were able to get a crap ton of picks for Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and then ship a third rounder to get Matt Ryan, who's an upgrade, in my opinion, over Carson Wentz. So That's an upgrade too. Yeah, they're, they've handled that quarterback situation uh, nicely. So, I And they're a playoff contention team with, you know, a good offensive line and MVP in running back. Division. I'm say that, yeah. Um, all right, Winston staying with the Saints. I like it. There weren't a lot of options. I thought Winston was playing well before they uh, he tore his ACL for the Saints. So uh, He was 5-2 and two as a starter um, yeah. last I mean, year when they played. I think he only had like three picks or something like that. So, I Mariota to the rebuilding Falcons. I actually really like it. I mean, I, I – I, Ranted on the Falcons earlier about how I don't like their offseason moves, but if they're in full rebuild mode and they're, I'm not going to say tanking, I like the signing if they stick with him as their starter. I don't like a competition, but I, I'm, I'm more like it for Mariota than I like it for the Falcons. I mean, they are paying him about $9 million a year, so I, I most likely would probably be their yeah. starter. I last two, Watson to the Browns, kind of a controversial one um, that a lot of people have. Yeah, setting aside the legal allegations and all that, I love it. I mean, it makes the Browns, I think, an AFC championship contender, like instantly. They already have a very stacked roster. Now they get a quarterback of that elite stature without having to give up any players uh, and to pair him with Amari Cooper. And watch Amari Cooper is about to have a career year and shove right? it off. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final one. Mitchell Trubisky gets another shot, and he's going to Pittsburgh. What are our thoughts? I don't love it. I feel like everyone's been riding this Mitchell Trubisky hype train, and I'm like, guys – Y'all got to relax. I mean, you look you look at his best year in 2018 with the Bears. Like, he was average. I mean, that team was carried by their defense. I think he only threw for 24 touchdowns, something like that. Now, is it an upgrade over Ben Roethlisberger from last year? Yes, and they did make the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger. So, I, I'm not – I don't love the signing, but I'm not overly concerned if I'm a Steelers fan. I mean, yes, the division is crazy stacked. However, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. So I don't know how he's going to avoid that this year, just with how stacked the AFC North is with Baltimore, Cincinnati, and now the Browns with Deshaun Watson. But, hey, I trust Mike Tomlin. I don't love the signing because I don't think Mitch Trubisky's that good. But, I mean, he gets a shot. 
Well, th- th- those are all the quarterbacks. So I think that'll wrap it up for today's episode. Um, I'll stop the clock. We have a very exciting, actually, I think probably tomorrow, uh, we'll yeah. try to get it out where we go more in depth in the AFC West. Because I, 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 I think you need to spend a whole podcast on the <laughs> AFC West because of everything that, ha- I mean, it, it's absolutely absurd what happened th- in the past week just with the AFC West. Uh, so we'll, we'll tune into that. And any final words, Sam? Uh, no, uh, just hit us up on Twitter because we we be posting a lot of stuff there. Um, so that football. Talk also, is- real quick, St. Peter's is going to the Final Four. You heard it here first. Oh, okay, I'm kidding. Hot they probably won't. But I just want it on record. So when they do, you got it. Yeah, got I'll make sure clip. to unfold the the full clip so that they get you. He, he just kind of wears. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and have a nice night.